are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse, recorded here at the Plano Chamber office located in the Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Lamont Thomas, 2019 Board Chair of the Plano Chamber. And I'm Lisa Smith, 2019 Board Chair-Elect of the Plano Chamber. This podcast is brought to you by WorkSuites. WorkSuites offices are the perfect balance between private and shared office space with a community of inspiring professionals serious about getting real work done. Check out all 15 DFW locations at WorkSuites.com. Let's introduce you to today's guest, an attorney with Abernathy, Roeder, Boyd, and Hullett, David McCall III has developed deep roots in Plano. His father, David McCall II, served for two terms as mayor of Plano. His brother, Brian McCall, served as a Texas state representative for 20 years. His mother, Nellie McCall, is still actively involved in the betterment of Plano and many nonprofit endeavors. David, his father, and his brother, Brian, have all received the Plano Chamber Citizens of the Year Award. Please join us in welcoming David McCall III. Hello. It's good to be here. Great. So, David, those of our listeners who've been through Leadership Plano will recognize your name. You speak at the opening session of, of uh, the Leadership Plano program, and you tell us about the, the history of the city. How did you start giving this presentation, and how long have you been giving it? Probably about 25 or 28 years. Someone asked me to give it, and it just continued. So, David, in addition to being a frequent speaker at Leadership Plano, you actually an alumni yourself, correct? No. No? They're particular who they let in. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were in, no. How have you been seeing things change? I have not been through the program, but I was a coordinator for six years. Uh, so I've been through it six times, just never selected to go through it. Okay. But I coordinated it for six years. Dave, tell us a little bit about how you gathered all this knowledge about Plano. I mean, obviously, your family's been been deeply involved and been a big part of Plano's success. So, so tell us a little bit about how you've you garnered all the knowledge you have about Plano and its history. Well, it's it's not history for me. It's current events. I lived through most of it because I've been here for seventy two years, and of course, my family uh, was involved in. Uh, the goings-on, so I observed that and uh, have been involved since returning from, from Baylor uh, after law school. So it's been personal observation and activity. So, David, 72 years of growing up and, and you know, still watching Plano evolve, talk to us, our listeners a bit, some of those moments that you think are really uh, have been instrumental in some of the changes that have taken place in Plano. Well, from my observation, uh, it, it was always a collective effort uh, dating back to the 40s. And that's true of Collin County also. Nothing that we have here that I'm aware of was done by an individual, but was done by uh, the people uh, together. An example is the North Texas Municipal Water District, which started back in the late 40s. Uh, if we had not done that, uh, Plano would not be what it is, nor would Collin County. And people overlooked that that was done by individuals voluntarily through great effort against many odds 
And it had not been for those individuals in Sam Rayburn, we would not have water today. And if we didn't have water today, uh, we would not be the community who we are. Uh, until the mid-50s, we were on well water. Wow. That's, that's going back. That's going back a ways. Well, your family has an amazing legacy in, in regards to the Plano Chamber Citizens of the Year Award. Um, your brother Brian was presented with the award in 2007. You received yours in 1984, and your father actually won the award twice in 1973 and 1957. How does it feel to share the honor with your family members? And do you see future generations of McCall's um, being involved in the community and following in the footsteps? Well, I would hope so. Uh, but what it feels like, at least I can just speak from my personal uh, when I was given that award, put more pressure on me because I did not think that I was worthy of it, uh, and it put more pressure on me. He said, well, I've got to get to work and help this community. And I think a lot of recipients feel that way. Here's my, I can only imagine, and maybe our listeners as well, with all the recognition and involvement of your family and the community and politics, there are some healthy conversations that probably took place around the dinner table. Can you bring us into some of those I could conversations? Not. I have been sworn to secrecy <laughs> in that regard. Okay, who's the greatest McCall of the group? My father. The dad. Okay. Because I would imagine between you and your brother, there's a little, you know, back and forth a bit. Not really. No? No, not really. There's 12 years difference between us. I started college and he started first grade, so... There hadn't been much of that. Now, so I've given him as much advice as I can in regard to the legislative activities he had. He, fortunately, he has not paid any attention. Well, <laughs> and I'd put Nellie in there as well. well she is the ramrod of all of us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, David, let's go back and, again, your long history in Plano and watching the evolution of Plano. Also, your involvement in the chamber. Is there a moment in history that you look back on and you say, hey, this is a proud moment of where community, chain, business came together to make a significant impact on uh, Plano's future? There's a number of them. And fortunately, my experience has been that the city, the school, and the chamber have worked hand in hand for many years. And that's not the case uh, in other cities. Uh, one, one significant thing that I, I remember is it was back in the uh, 60s, and for some reason or another, because of the, the legislative tax issue of agriculture exemption and not, uh, the tax assessor collector could not get the tax statements out. So with no tax statements out, there was no money going into the school in September, and school was about to start, and they had no money. So the uh, group of people, men and women, about 20, met at the Chamber of Commerce and tried to figure out what to do about this issue because school had to start. And they came up with the idea that they would go to the 20 top taxpayers in the school district, and the Hunts at that time were the largest taxpayer, and ask them to voluntarily pay uh, the school tax, uh, that what they paid last year until the tax statements could go out. And these uh, business men and women went to the top 20 taxpayers and every one of them agreed to pay the taxes so that schools could start in September. Now that was a collective effort. It was the city school and chamber working together and it was the citizenry working together and that is 
my idea of what Plano is and why it is an all-American city. Well, you know, talking about history, Dave, you've, you've been involved with DART since the beginning. Go take us back to, to, uh, to the beginning of DART and your role. Well, DART uh, had been voted on earlier in another matter, and it failed, just like the community college. Collin College was voted on and voted down. Then in 84, uh, both of, around 84, both DART and the community college was approved. The community college, it goes unsaid the success it's had. DART uh, is a success. It is the longest rail system and west of the Mississippi. And Houston would love to have it now. And when I was chairman, the Houston uh, chairman, Bob Lanier, said you made a big mistake. Now they wish they had that 63-mile mistake. And it's hard to figure out that maybe it's not so good because Plano pays so much money in it, second only to Dallas. But I think in the long run, uh, it, is, it is full during peak hour. And uh, college, college is full during peak hour. Both of them were things that had to be overcome as DFW Airport was voted down. So generally, if the people vote things down, uh, they build them anyway, and they're great successes. We have more questions for David about the history of Plano, including our city's defining moments. But first, let's take a quick break for a message from our presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse Work Suites. Are you looking for a place to get your work done? Work Suites is not only impressive looking, they also offer affordable, full-service offices, meeting rooms, and co-working spaces that are designed for privacy, productivity, and professionality. Available furnished or unfurnished, these turnkey offices are move-in ready today with no long-term lease commitment and minimal upfront capital. Contact WorkSuites.com or call 888-312-WORK to check out any of their three Plano locations or 15 DFW area locations. That's 888-312-WORK or WorkSuites.com. Welcome back to Plano Pulse. We're here with David McCall III. David, thanks again for joining us today. Happy to be here. So, David, we have a few questions that would hopefully allow you to share some of the highlights with our li listeners, highlights being just the growth of Plano of the early years and give a, a folks a sense of what was it like in the early years of Plano? Well, I didn't witness this, but it was a, it was a cotton town. And the, beginning with one of the most significant things, we had black soil and we, had, we were sitting on top of the Trinity Aquifer. So there's water underneath here, and it was important that, we had, that the farmers had that. Occasionally in Plano, you'll see the streets that water will be sip, sipping up through uh, the cracks, and it's because that aquifer is underneath, and people who settled here generally could find, dig a well less than 50 feet deep and have water. And until, again, until the 50s, uh, Plano got its water through wells. And now that seems to be one of the big issues that we have in Plano. Fast forward today is Correct. water. It's yeah. but, uh, we do have water, and we may not have unlimited water, and that we're, the water district is still searching for additional places to gather water from, but the black soil for the cotton and cattle and the water 
brought people here. Then we got the Cotton Belt and the Southern Pacific Rail Line come through. Two railroads coming through one town was certainly significant. So it was a farming community to begin with and remained a cotton uh, cotton and cattle. I, I like to say Plano, uh, it was a cattle town. And then we got Frito-Lay with the chips and then we got EDS with its computer chips. Plano's always been in the chips, whether it's cattle <laughs> chips, cotton. Uh, We've seen a lot of changes in the past dec- decade that have been instrumental in, in making Plano what it is today. Uh, with Toyota moving in, the development of Legacy West, the reinvigoration of historic downtown Plano, what were some of the major events or developments that you think shaped the city over the years? Well... Uh, in 1959, well, prior to that, 1957-58, the city council hired a man named Marvin Springer to draw the master plan. He had been the planner for the city of Dallas and had just retired. He drew that master plan, and that master plan has held true population-wise and growth-wise with only four exceptions, and it served as well. Uh, the, The four exceptions are tollways, Legacy Park, a 2,500-acre development that was originated with uh, Ross Perot, the shopping centers, the big shopping centers, and there's one more, and I can't remember what it is. But other than that, that master plan hadn't been changed to any degree, and it served us very well. And think about those city councilmen deciding to spend money for a master plan in 1959, when the population of this town was around 3,500, we had foresight. And sometimes I think we need more vision than we do uh, reaction. Can you be specific a little bit about the vision that you see we're lacking today that we that we saw years ago and that kind of the forefathers of Plano had back in when it was 3,500 folks? Now it's grown. Or are there things you think we should be... And four mothers. That's right. And four, and four mothers, mothers. Excuse yes. me. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, I think there are visionaries here, uh, but it seems like we're getting more reactionaries doing the talking. And what is there to c- complain about with this city? There are always minor things, but it operates pretty good. Uh, it's an all-American city, and a lot of people want to move here. For a lot of reasons, lifestyle, uh, public education, uh, secondary education, uh, road, and optimism. Okay, well, we covered that. That's what do you what, did you what do you wish more people knew or appreciate more about the city and its history? So that you more or less. Well, I wish that. they knew. Although Texas is a southern town, it voted to stay within the union. Collin County voted to stay within the union. We had absolutely very little trouble when we desegregated uh, in the uh, early 60s. And you say we had very little trouble, but there there was a lot of work gone into it by families represented here uh, that, that made that uh, an easier transaction than it could have been. There's a, uh, Myrtle Hightower and uh, Dr. Hendrick and a number of other people sat down uh, for a discussion on that that's recorded, and it's, it would be well worth every citizen to see that. And, uh, of course, today's generation, a lot of them don't even consider segregation was a fact because they never saw it. 
What do you wish more people knew or maybe appreciated about the city and its history? Well, I wish they would realize that it was a a country town at one time and go see the Amy Wilson farmstead. Uh, I wish they would see that we used to be on the inner urban until 1948 or 49 and that we had a train running from Sherman to Waco. Great Plano Museums. Great 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 Plano Plano Museums museums we've got. You hear a lot of talk about the animals seen on the Haggard Farm when people drive by. Well, it was that way all the time. Until the early 60s, there was not a swimming pool in Plano. We were not an affluent town. Uh, There were people who owned land, but the land wasn't worth anything or anything to speak of at that time. You could buy some of that land for $45 or $55. We've been proud of our football teams. Uh, The three signs that I recall seeing in Plano, the first one I saw, welcome to Plano where everybody's somebody. The second was uh, please turn out the light when you leave to go to the football game when we were winning state all the time. And the last one was All-American City. I'll be proud of all three of those. Talk about the early restaurants and how many restaurants there were in Plano and where you you had to go to eat out. Well, the Hayes Cafe was the predominant one, and then we had Dude's Drive-In. And then there would be one pop-up and close down in old downtown Plano. Primary uh, uh, food was uh, cheeseburgers and chicken fried steak. Uh, in fried chicken. And speaking of, we were segregated at that time. So the black community, which comprised about 20 to 25% at that time, and we were so small, we played with each other. I mean, there was no, that I ever saw a problem. I'm sure there was that I didn't see. Uh, but the the blacks could not come into Hayes Cafe, and uh, but they could come to the back in, in order. What we as whites didn't realize is the, the cooks were black and the blacks got a whole lot bigger servings than we did <laughs> through the back door. So Plano 2019, as you look at Plano, look back over the history where we are today, are there any moments that right today that just frustrates you and say, really, we're dealing with that right now. Can we get beyond that so we can continue to grow as the vibrant city that we are in it? Well, I think we will continue to grow as a vibrant city in spite of some people, in spite of some happenings. I think we have the optimism here uh, to continue that and overall the general goodwill when it comes down to it to do the right thing. If that changes, then it will be a, a catastrophic change for this community and the citizens of this community. So taking into consideration all you know about the city's past, what do you hope to see in Plano's future? If you had a crystal ball... What would, you, what would you want to see in that crystal ball? Well, if you take the four tax entities that we have, the city has the cheapest tax rate of any of the major cities in the metroplex. 52% of the city's taxes are paid by businesses. That is so unusual. Uh, the community college is the second cheapest tax rate of the 28 community colleges in the state. The county is probably the ch- is the cheapest of all the 254 counties in the state. And the school is, is not only ex- less expensive per student, but it is also having to send a whole lot of money to Austin because of Robin Hood. What I would like to see is that to continue, which I think it will. I would like to see 
uh, more emphasis and uh, a credit given to the school district and the community college than it gets, and, and that broadened its appeal. Uh, and I would like the attitude of the people, as it has been in the past, be for the betterment of all. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. David, thanks again for coming in today and sharing so much great information about our city, and thank you for continuing the McCall legacy and growing and developing of Plano. It's been a joy. Well, we also want to give thanks to WorkSuites for their partnership as the presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse. WorkSuite offices, meeting rooms, and co-working spaces take care of all of your office needs so you can focus on running your business, not your office. Check out all 15 DFW locations at WorkSuites.com. Want to join WorkSuites as a Plano Pulse sponsor and get your business in front of our listeners? Contact the Plano Chamber to learn more. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think. Download the Plano Chamber app for easy listening. Share with your friends and colleagues. And be sure to tune in for our next episode.